Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Take your seats and uh, yeah, really great to be speaking with you today. And I really want to, I was thinking about you know, people who are dedicating their children today, you know, what, what's the motivation for that? What's the motivation for that? And I want to say to you that I think the motivation is this, that each of the families that are getting their children dedicated, and this is happening across all of our services today, that they're saying, the parents are saying, hey, my life's got better with Jesus, and so I want to direct my children to the best I can that they might encounter him too. You know, and so I want to encourage you, life does get better. Come on, life gets better. With Jesus, and uh, the reality is this: if their life hadn't got better with Jesus, they wouldn't be dedicating their kids, would they? <laughs> you know, it's like it hasn't got better. I'm not going to set my kids up for that. Come on! So every person is saying that. And here's what's cool: if you were to come to all three of our services today, you'll see people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different life experiences, different countries, who are all saying, "Hey, Jesus has." made my life better. Things have got better since he's been in it, and now I want my children to know him. And some of those are people who've walked with God a lot of years, and some are people who are new to faith. And so I want to encourage you that this invitation from God isn't for one or two people, but this invitation is for every person, that our life might get better, come on, as a result of Jesus. And there's people here, you've got a great life. You've got a great life, but imagine a life that was also had God in it. How much better would that be, that the creator of the universe was present in your life and your circumstance, that intuitively guiding you in the situations and decisions you have to make. And I love it too that it doesn't matter. Your life can't be too far from God. You, know, you can't be too broken also to be rescued by God. Come on. And so this message really is for everyone, that life gets better with Jesus. And it says this in Psalm 118, verse 8. It says this, It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Come on. It's better to take refuge in God. Better to trust in God than trust in people. Hey, there's not a lot of things that you can guarantee in life, but what I can guarantee you is that people will let you down. Come on, I let myself down. I don't know about you, but you know, it's not just a question of other people letting me down, but I don't even hold up to my own standards some of the time. You know, so you're going to get let down by people, but there's, there's a God who will never let you down. Come on. You, the created can let you down, but not the creator. You know what I'm saying? So we should not put our trust and faith in people, but by our trust and faith in God. You know, people put their trust and faith in all kinds of people. Some people, they're believing that, that political leaders are going to be the solution to life's problems, you know. Others, others are saying, well, I'm trusting in my partner, you know, or I'm being led by a family member. Others are saying, you know, I'm following a spiritual leader, you know. And other people are saying, you know, I'm following a rock star, you know. It's like, you know? But the reality is people are saying this, I'm putting my faith in a person. And the Bible is saying right here is don't put your faith in people. They're going to let you down. Put your faith in God, who will never let you down, never leave you, never forsake you, never betray you. Come on. Come on. You know, when I was a teenager, I grew up in this small village in the UK in a county called Kent, and it was called Staplehurst, right? And in this village, it was a small little village, and I was kind of, I had challenges as a kid. My kind of family situation was challenged, and uh, there was breakup in my family and other things. So I was kind of a bit of a lost kid. And uh, I got together some other kids in my school, and we got into hip-hop music. Like, we got into rap music, right? So we started to talk like rappers. You know, we live in a country town in England, right? 
right? We're talking like rappers, right? We wore the clothes. We had baggy pants, you know, Jordans on. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had this crazy haircut with a rap band. I won't tell you which one, but shaved in the back of my head. And uh, yeah, and, and I, we, we literally were mimicking rappers you know and the thing is this looks so weird man in a village in the uk this did not fit this was culture clash people you know people would look at us like this is a bit insane and it was a bit insane we even had a gang sign come on yeah we, we would we was we were legit yeah yeah east coast but yeah so you know it's like it's like what's that about what's that about it's like i'm looking for someone to believe in someone to follow someone to mimic someone to copy friend if you're going to choose anyone choose god Choose God. If you're going to find a person, come on, that you're going to mimic, choose Jesus who laid down his life for others, who lived an exemplary life that actually was famous throughout the whole world through helping and serving and help rescuing people. We need to make a decision to put our faith in God, not our faith in people. And our life gets better when we do that. We're in this ever-changing world. You know, we're in a culture actually right now that wants to cancel or obliterate you if you make a step wrong. You know, you've seen that hashtag lately, hashtag cancel. So it's basically if a person makes an error or a mistake somewhere along the way, then basically people start to attack them and the hashtag is cancel. Yeah. It's, you know, so like lately there's a hashtag cancel Ellen DeGeneres because basically there's this thing going on that she's a bit kind of feisty and harsh to some people in her, you know, in the business environment or whatever. You know, it's just, it's crazy. We live in a culture you can't make a mistake. You know, they're going to come on you. Here's what's so cool. With God, he's there with grace and love. He's never going to cancel you, never going to obliterate you, never going to be against you, but always going to be for you and helping you. Come on. Life gets better with Jesus. Trust in Jesus, not in people. And I love the fact that, that, that life with Jesus doesn't just need to get better the day you become a Christian. You know, so the day you become a Christian, maybe you have an experience of, wow, I felt forgiven. It was like a load was taken off. A lot of people talk about that. Others will talk about, I felt a peace I'd never felt before. People talk about tangible things happening as a result of praying a very simple prayer and inviting God in. But what I love is it isn't just an experience that you should have then, but it's an experience that should continue to grow throughout your life. So it doesn't just get better with Jesus the day you, give your, you, know, you begin a relationship with him, but it continues to get better with Jesus. You know, I was talking to... A mum in our church who is a single mum, and she was saying that as she was raising her children, there would be times when there would be, she would be unsure how to navigate a situation with a child, but she never had a spouse. She never had a partner to go to and say, hey, how do we navigate this? You know, she, she was on her own. But she said what she learned to do was she would go in the bedroom. She'd be like, I'm having a mum time out. She'd go in the bedroom, right, lock that door, you know, and she would spend some time with God. And she said it was incredible how God would just speak to her heart. She would get a sense of, hey, this is the action to take, or this is, the, you know, this is what to say, and, um, or this is really what's going on behind this behavior, you know, which every parent needs that, right? And, uh, and she talks about how one time a daughter came home uh, from school. She was a teenager. She came home, and the mum just knew, well, something's gone down today. Now, the daughter went in her room, didn't want to talk about it, wouldn't let the mum in, you know, wouldn't really talk to mum what was going on, but the mum knew, this is serious, I need, to, I need to do something here. So she, she went in her room and she prayed and she felt God to tell her straight away what the situation was. She went to her daughter, and anyone with teenage daughters will know what this can be like, went to her daughter, the door's closed, she ain't opening it, but the mum just spoke through the door and said what she believed God had said to her about the situation. The girl just started crying, opened the door, said, that's exactly it, come in. You know, and the mum said that God's so much better than the husband. 
Come on. And I'm all for husbands, people. You know what I'm saying? I happen to be one. But you get what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. God is better. He makes up more than that, you know? It can keep getting better. Come on. It can keep getting better with Jesus, you know? It can keep getting better. And I don't know about you, but you know, the, the, you, I've got to keep rededicating myself to God. You know? I was thinking about these children today, and they're being dedicated for the first time. The parents saying, we want to steer them in the way of God. But I know for me, my soul, my heart, my being, I've got to keep rededicating myself to God. It wasn't a one-time deal when I prayed a prayer. I've got to keep doing it. In fact, most mornings, I will get up and I will rededicate myself to Jesus. You know, I'll pray a simple prayer. God, help me today. Lord, lead me today. Let your will, not mine, be done. You know, I'll open up the Bible. I'll read something in the Bible that encourages me and inspires me and it's like I get recalibrated you know I mean as I just set aside that time just five or ten minutes you can start with it doesn't need to be a lot of time but I just set aside some time to connect with God just to take a bit of time to meditate slow down and it's incredible the difference that makes in my day incredible so it's like every day I can begin in a new relationship with God I love that about God I love that about God that each day and and you know, the difference in my day isn't like this much it's like this much you know what I'm saying when I don't connect with God, or rededicate myself to God, I find I'm often striving through the day. I'm pushing. It's like I'm, I'm swimming up river, you know. But then when I make that decision to bring God into it, it's amazing how things flow. I get more intuition about how to deal with situations. I'm more in tune with God. I make better decisions. I'm more compassionate to people. I'm more interruptible. Come on. I'm kinder to my kids and my wife. I'm slower to anger. It's incredible what some time with God will do. And yeah, Maybe you're here today, and maybe you know you were christened, as a child or maybe confirmed in the Catholic Church or something like that. That's great. You had that experience where there was some kind of dedication. But I want to encourage you to have the fullness of what God wants for you and for your life. You need to keep on rededicating yourself to God. At the end of the service today, I'm going to give people an opportunity just to pray a simple prayer. Say, hey, I want to rededicate myself to God. I want to come into a personal relationship with God that's real and tangible and relevant in my life. Not a religious experience. Not I'm the church of this or I'm the church of that. But hey, I can, I can sense God guiding me in my life. As I'm navigating it, I intuitively are sensing that guidance. I want to say there's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. I spent a lot of years looking for peace in a lot of the wrong places before I came to Jesus. But Jesus is the peace giver that's beyond anything else, hey? Come on, that deserves a hand. That deserves a hand. <laughs> Keeps getting better with Jesus. Hey, when we dedicate ourselves to God, even the most difficult circumstances can get better. It says this in Psalm 23, verse 4. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. For you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. Now, walking with God doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. Walking with God doesn't mean that there won't be valleys of life. There will still be valleys of life. But what it means is that you don't navigate the valley alone. And it isn't just that God's presence is with you in the valley, but his power's with you in the valley. You know, um, when we had our first daughter, there was a bunch of complications during the birth. And, um, and what that meant was that they could have both died. Ultimately, Leah, my wife, and my daughter, even they could have, could have died, you know. But thank God for the medical professionals we have, and thank God for his grace, you know, that that, that wasn't the case. But there was complications after, and both mum and daughter had ongoing uh, medical complications, which just made it very difficult the first couple of years. 
And um, I remember going through that, we kind of felt like we were finally getting out of it. Like it'd gone on for about two years. And I remember Leah, Leah used to pray like a, like a repetitive prayer, you know, which Jesus helped me. Jesus, you see, because sometimes she would pray that 10,000 times a day, it felt like. You know, she would just, she didn't have any more words than that. She didn't have time to do time with God. Do you know what I mean? It was like she's trying to deal with health things and, and a child. And I reckon with hindsight, I reckon she had postnatal depression then, I reckon. We, it wasn't diagnosed, like, but I reckon. But she just used to keep speaking that out. She used to keep speaking it out. Just as we felt we were getting out of it. I remember Eva, we took a photograph of Eva and the, on the, in the eye on the photo, it had like a weird kind of white bit. And someone said to us, oh, you need to get that checked out because that can be a cancer. Right? So we went to the eye specialist and he said, oh, I can be. We need to do a bunch of things. We need to do this. We need to monitor it over a period of time. And couldn't tell us right there and then. It wasn't, you couldn't just get a test. You had to just wait, you know. And then Leah found a lump. Same time, right? She finds this lump, right? And so we've got these now, just as we felt we were coming out of it, we now got this potentially, right, two cancer diagnoses. Anyway, we just prayed and we just trusted God. And Leah kept on praying her prayer, Jesus Christ, help me now, you know. And we came through that. It was all good. Eva got the all clear after a period of time. Leah got the all clear. It, it was all good. You know, I don't know whether they had it and got healed them or they just didn't have it. It was a scare thing, but we came through it, right? But I talked to Leah about those two years that were like those hellish two years. And she says to me, I grew incredibly during that time. She says I got a humility that before I didn't have. She says now when people tell me they're having a tough time with a child, I got a new compassion that before I would have never had. She said I was forced into, uh, she was saying because she got to the end of herself, it was only at that point that she found the fullness of God. You know, or, or a greater understanding. Sometimes you've got to get to the end of yourself. Sometimes you've got to go into a valley to really have a revelation of how great God and how gracious and kind he really is, hey. So come on. And so what? And so she's, she's almost saying, I'm glad that happened. You know, Romans 8.28 says this, for in all things God works it together for good for those who are in Christ. So it's saying if your life is dedicated to God. So this isn't talking about, oh yeah, God. You know, but they're saying if your life's dedicated to God, you've got this connection, you're trying to develop this connection with God. He's saying then in your life, all things, God has the capacity to work them for good. You might not see it when you're going through it, but with hindsight, hey, so often you get to see it. And hey, some things maybe we're not going to fully understand until we get to eternity, right? But God's working all things ultimately together for good. And, and this, I love this passage, right? It talks about your rod to protect and your staff to guide. Hey, what it's talking about there is it's talking about like a shepherd, like God is a shepherd, right? So we're sheep. I mean, don't get hung up on that. I don't like being called a sheep. It's not a great definition, but roll with me, people, right? But, but it's this, often the Bible talks about God as a shepherd, and the shepherd, he has like this, this crook, doesn't he? You know, like the shepherd's crook, you know, it's bent at the top. And, and I was reading about that and what this really means when it says that God's going to protect and when he's going to guide. And really, the protection is the end of the rod the, the, the shepherd would use it to beat back like wolves, you know, or, or some, some predator that's coming to attack the sheep. He would be beating it back. So there's this picture and this sense that God's protecting you beyond what you know, beyond what you know. And so often I'll hear with people, man, it looked like cancer. This was happening. That was happening. Got to the point of treatment and then they suddenly, they suddenly they couldn't find it. They'd made a mistake. There wasn't a mistake. It was that a miracle had taken place between the diagnosis and the treatment. Come on, we just had a testimony just the other day, the video. Did you see it? Incredible. 
incredible. A young girl was diagnosed with cancer, went to get treatment. She's on the table. She's waiting for the treatment. It's taking ages. She's saying, is there a problem? They're saying, well, kind of. <laughs> yes and no. And she's like, what's the problem? They said, the problem is we can't find the cancer, and the good thing is we can't find the cancer. But go home. You know, now it's been a year, all clear, all good. Come on. There's so many things that God's protecting you and I from. Car crashes, other things. And I often think, man, how many things in my life has God protected me from and I don't even know? I don't even know, but there's this sense where God's protecting and fighting for you. Come on. And also, you know, that, that, that end of the, the shepherd's crook was also used if a sheep got lost and stuck in the bush, that would be used to pry it open and to find it, you know? And I love that picture. It's saying that when, even when you feel lost and even when you feel far from God, really God is looking for you and pursuing you and he's coming after you. You know, that it isn't a question of what have I got to do. No, God's just waiting there. He's just waiting there. He's, he's pursuing you. He's coming after you. You haven't got to earn anything. It's the opposite. He's chasing you down. To avoid God, you've got to keep running you know, through your life, right? Because there's people here today and God's speaking to you again. He's spoken to you before. He's spoken to you before. You felt the pull and you've kind of resisted. Maybe it's been fear. It's been something else. But today's another opportunity. He's pursuing you. He's that crook's coming to get you. You know what I'm saying? So he can love on you and help you. He doesn't want you to do this on your own. You weren't created to do this on your own. You were created to have a relationship with God and to do this in union with him. And you know the other, the other end of the shepherd's crook, you know, it's like this shape, right? Hey, check this out. What that's for is if like a sheep falls in like a ravine or like off a cliff, but it's clinging to a branch or something, the shepherd will put that down and grab it and pull it up. And what I love is if the, if the sheep's a really small lamb, then it gets them under the arms and it pulls them up. If they're a bit bigger, it gets them around the neck and pulls them up. You know, it's like, so, you know, so if you're a new believer, it's going to be gentle. If you've been around a while, you might get one on the neck. But you, you know what I'm saying? But it's going to pull you back. Come on, it's going to pull you back. And if you go near the edge, you're going near the edge, it might just pull you back from the edge. Come on, this is crazy. This is God trying to communicate to you and to me something profound, something profound that there's a love and a grace and a care from God. And it's not like a, it's not like a, a, a wishy-washy faith. This is robust and strong. God's fighting for you. This is not like a, this isn't like a female or male deal. You know what I'm saying? This is the whole encompasses everything, right? This is, this is also a masculine deal because I think sometimes we can think we, you know, church is for women or church is for like, you know, it's not a manly thing. Friend, I want to encourage you. God is violent, aggressive, strong, powerful. Come on. And he's kind and he's gracious and he's loving and he punishes and his consequence when there's things that people do wrong and he brings grace and love and mercy and forgiveness. Come on. Come on. Our worst mistakes get better with Jesus. Come on. Like our worst mistakes get better with Jesus. Listen to this. 1 John 1, 9. But if we own up to our sins... But if we own up to our sins, God shows that he is faithful and just by forgiving us of our sins and purifying us from the pollution of all the bad things we have done. So all the wrong things that you and I have ever done or ever will do have been forgiven by Jesus on the cross. This is cool, right? So everything bad you've ever done or you're ever going to do has already been forgiven by Jesus on the cross. But you don't experience that forgiveness till you make a decision to receive it. Till you make a decision to say, yeah, I'm coming to God now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to invite Him into my life. And you get to receive it. And God gets to set you free and take that weight and that burden off of you that you've carried. 
Now, some people, when they hear about this, about God's forgiveness of sins, some people, there's kind of three categories of people. And the first category is this, that's me. Let's pray now. You know, I know I've done wrong. I know I've made mistakes. And that was me. When I came to faith in Jesus, I come from this real drug background, done a lot of bad things. And so I had no problem with the concept of I needed to be forgiven. I knew it. The minute I was offered it, I said, I'll give it a go. <laughs> you know, I've got nothing to lose. You know, just don't tell the police. And, uh, you know, and uh, so, so I, I, was, I was ready to be forgiven. That's one group of people. Second group of people are people like this. They say, look, if you knew what I'd done, you'd understand I'm not sure I can be forgiven. In fact, if you knew what I'd done, I don't even know if God should forgive me. But I want to encourage you that God's been forgiving people just like you forever. If you look through the Bible, there's people who committed murder who God forgave. There's people who did all kinds of horrendous things who God forgave. He didn't remove every single consequence. Listen to this. He totally forgave them. He didn't remove every single consequence. But here's what He did do. He gave them strength, capacity, ability, listen, to live different from now on. To live different. And many of those people, come on, this is in the Bible, this is throughout history, that's in this room. But also what He'll often do is those people, He will use them to help others not make the same mistake. He'll use that. He'll work that together for good. You know, that person sure may have some consequence, right? But they're forgiven by God and now they're helping others not make the same mistakes and not receive the same consequence. I think that is powerful. I think it's beautiful God can do that. So if you're in that category, I want to encourage you at the end of the service today, raise your hand, make a decision to invite God in. Why not experience that awesome forgiveness and empowering to live differently? And finally, there's a group of people that when you talk about this, will say, hey, look, I don't really think... I'm not sure I have sinned. Like sin's a big word, right? So I'm not sure I've sinned. And all sin means is falling short of God's standard. So sin just means you've fallen short of what God ultimately intended for you and for your life. But people get hung up and go, I'm not sure I've sinned. Like I'm not as bad as him or her. And they kind of compare themselves to people instead of comparing themselves to the beautifulness and the awesomeness of God, right? They compare themselves to their friends and stuff. They say, I'm not sure I've sinned. And so someone said this to me, which I thought was so good. They said, if you ever struggle with this, they said, then I just suggest this, that you go and get your, you invite some people that you know into a room. Go get your wife, even better if you've got one, an ex-wife. Bring her into the room. Uh, invite your kids into the room, your siblings into the room, your mum and dad into the room and say to them, hey, I'm really having trouble getting in touch with any mistakes I've made in my life. And so I'm wondering if you could enlighten me to some possible character flaws that I may have. I'm not sure I have. I guarantee you at the end of that meeting, you'll be convinced that you too. Come on. Come on, you too. Come on. You too could do with a bit of forgiveness. <laughs> Come on. I love this, that God gives everybody this opportunity, come on, to be forgiven, to be set free, to know God. You know what? And it's no matter your age or your background, life gets better with Jesus. You know, life gets better. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what background you're from. It doesn't matter what country you originated from. It doesn't matter if you would call yourself a Christian. You know, you'd say you believe in God. I'm talking about if you don't have a relationship with God, then I'm saying, friend, God loves you and He's for you. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. I just want to finish with this. For me, before you know, I invited God into my life. I prayed a very simple prayer that I'm going to give people an opportunity to pray very shortly. Before I prayed that prayer, really I was at the end of the road in my life. So I was, I was 25. I'd kind of begun using drugs when I was around 14. So I said I had this kind of challenging uh, childhood and I'd, I'd started dabbling with drugs around 14. By the age of 25, I was a hopeless heroin addict, heroin and crack cocaine addict. And I was on the streets of London using daily 
and I was, I was using with homeless people because at the end of my using, they're the only people who I felt comfortable to be around. And, uh, and that's, that's what I was living. And I went to a mental hospital to do a detox from heroin. And um, while I was in there, somebody came and gave a very simple message like I'm giving today, which is, hey, Spencer, you can be forgiven. And actually, Spencer, there's a God who created you, who has a purpose and a plan. And all the bad stuff that's happened and that you've done, ultimately God can begin to work it for good. But you've got to make a decision to open up your heart and open up your life. And I thank God I was so beaten down. Because with me, I had so much ego and so much I know it, you can't tell me that it took that to bring me to a place of humility where I would actually open up to God. So now with hindsight, I'm so glad that I went through that trauma. And I remember I just prayed a very simple prayer. But it's something like, God, would you forgive me? God, would you come into my life? I believe in Jesus, you know. And man, things changed. It wasn't like a blinding flash. It was like I prayed the prayer and I meant the prayer. Here's the thing, I meant it. And I did my best then to begin to follow God. And my best wasn't very good. You know what I'm saying? But I did my best, right? And, uh, and I began, began to start walking with God. And it was amazing. Like just in a few years, just incredible. My life just took off, just took off. It's like as I, as I let go and I let God, it just took off. It was like everything I was touching was turning to gold. And I knew it wasn't me because everything I'd touched had turned to not gold before. Everything, you know, I, I, I went to uni. Like I, I failed at school, you know, and I went to uni, studied, you know, I felt I started to feel a call of God to, to, to ministry, you know, like not just a career, but I felt a calling to that career, right? You know, I, I, I got married. I said, I'll never get married. And everyone gets divorced. What's the point? I was so negative on marriage. Got married, got two beautiful daughters, you know, all these things. And, you know, do I still make mistakes every day? <laughs> do I need to recommit myself to God all the time, right? Do I have problems in my life? You bet. You know what I'm saying? So don't hear something I'm not saying. But what I am saying is this. I tried counselling. I tried moving geographical location, different town. Tried a relationship. Tried a different job. But it wasn't until I tried Jesus that life really began. Come on to get better. Really began to get better. Hey, would you stand with me? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.